Love Talk Radio. Baba Wesley Tahuti Gray speaking to you live from New York City, Sunday evening, November the 10th, 2013. It's a pleasure again to have you join us, and I do give thanks to you for taking your evening to share with us every Sunday evening as we review books such as the one we're about to review this evening of Water and the Spirit. But as always, before I think we begin, I must pay homage to the One Most High, to our ancestors, to my lovely wife, to my mother-in-law, to all of my siblings, to all of you who are my friends uh, on the cyber world as well as here in the physical domain on, on earth. I give thanks to you for sharing your life with me. It's indeed a pleasure, and I look forward to uh, and, and engaging you in reviewing the book titled Of Water and the Spirit, Ritual, Magic, and Initiation in the Life of an African Shaman. And that shaman is, has the name of Dr. Maladoma Patrice Somme, a uh, brother who I've had the privilege and honor of developing a relationship with, uh, truly as a brother, as a fellow uh, uh, servant of of the Most High, of our people throughout the African diaspora. And um, as a matter of fact, I I, would be remiss if I didn't include my wife as one who has developed a a relationship with uh, Brother Somay uh, on a special level because uh, she is one who has uh, shared with me many of the practices that uh, the people, including Dr. Somme, practice in his particular village, and that being divinations and readings and, and healing. And, and if I can just encapsulate that in one word, and that would be the word of healing. So, uh, again, I thank you for joining us. And um, I look forward to uh, connecting with those of you who are in the chat room and who call in. Please feel free to raise your hand if you have any comments and thoughts you'd like to share with us. It would be a pleasure to share that with the 
listening audience. So without any further ado, uh, Dr. Maladome Patrice Somme, whose name means be friends with the stranger slash enemy, was born under the shadow of a French colonial rule in the upper Volta, West Africa. When he was four years of age, he was taken by Jesuit priests and imprisoned in a seminary built for training new generations of black Catholic priests. However, in spite of his isolation from his tribe and his village, Maladoma stubbornly refused to forget where he had come from and who he was. And finally, at the age of 15 years, Maladoma later fled the seminary and walked 125 miles through the dense jungle back to his own people, that people being the Dagara. And then once he was home, however, many there regarded him as a white black to be looked on with suspicion because he had been contaminated by the sickness of the colonial world. Maladoma was a man of two worlds, at home and neither. His only hope of reconnection with his people was to undergo the harrowing Dagara month-long initiation in the wilderness, which he describes in fascinating detail. And Maladoma, he um, emerged from this supernatural ritual as a newly integrated individual rejoined to his ancestral past and his cultural present. For more than a century, anthropologists and ethnologists have attempted to penetrate the worldwide view of the indigenous people. And now a true son of Africa has come forth with the permission of his tribal elders to tell us with, with candor about their way of life. And today, Maladoma, he flies the jetways, writing on his laptop computer, seeking to share the ancient wisdom of the Degara with the rest of the world and bring an understanding of another way of life to his village. His book is a courageous testament to the hope that human beings or humanity can learn to live in a global village and see the stranger as a friend. So, again, uh, very interesting, brother. He is a, a medicine man and a, a diviner. Manadoma holds three master's degrees as well as two PhDs from Sorbonne and Brandes, and for three years taught literature at the University of Michigan. He is a popular speaker, and he is, his discussions um, based on tribal customs and spiritual beliefs the world of ancestors and the life-giving process of initiation is, is world-known, and he's also the author of Ritual, Power, Healing, and Community, and the Healing Wisdom of Africa. So I, I choose this evening to review a section uh, of this book, uh, of Water and the Spirit, actually chapter 2, and it talks about his grandfather's farewell. Again, um, it was uh, recently that my, my wife's godfather made a farewell transition into uh, the next dimension, and he ended this pre his present incarnation. 
And I think that it behooves us to be aware of the fact that there is certain awareness coming from the African tradition, which many of us who are of African descent who live here in the United States, which is where I'm talking to you from now in New York City, we're not aware of uh, the dynamics of the traditions, the African traditions, they go back thousands and thousands of years. So I thought that it would be uh, of interest to you to uh, share, for me to be able to share with you this uh, very informative and, and uh, spiritually um, engrossing book titled Of Water and the Spirit. So anyways, I mentioned I, I chose to start this conversation with you uh, beginning with Chapter 2, and I must also mention that uh, back in the year 2010, uh, actually a month ago, that's October 23rd, 2010, uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Maladoma Somme, and um, it was a very interesting interview, and of, of course, it is archived in our uh, blog talk radio um, site. So you just have to go to my archives at Grassroots Holistic Health, and uh, that's the date of um, October 23, 2010. And you will, I'm sure, be very pleased and inspired and delighted to hear that interview. So Maladoma goes on to say that his grandfather died while he was still completing the fourth rainy season of his life. He was just four years of age. He had been so used to being around him while the grown-up men and women were laboring at the farm that it took him a while to admit the stark truth that he would never was going to see his grandfather again. Since his strange experience in the bush, his mother had kept her word and had never taken him along with her when she went in search of dry wood. So in those days, his only companion was his grandfather. However, one morning, when he went to search for him, he saw that the dew was still lingering on his door. And he was puzzled because he was usually awake and, and, and walking about long before the penetration of heat uh, of the rising sun during the day. And earlier he had seen his father go into grandfather's room and stay there for a long time. And when he came back out, he had looked sad, staring straight in front of him. He walked into his mother's zangala, and taking no notice of me at all, she just kept on with her way. And when he emerged, his hand was full of ash. Some he had poured in front of grandfather's door and some in front of of his own door, making a straight line in front of each, of each door. He then went outside the compound and dropped more ash in front of the main gate, making another straight line. And Maladoma says that he had been staring at him for the whole time that he was conducting this strange ritual. But when he went outside to try to talk to him, he jumped nervously onto his English bicycle and left without saying anything. And Maladoma goes on to say that he lost sight of his father as he rounded the corner of the house. And disappointed, Maladoma went back into the compound, wondering where to go. Nobody else was at home except him and his grandfather. First he thought, I'd call him out, 
And then he says, I thought I would go into his room, but I thought better of both of those actions. Grandfather's sleeping room was also a spirit room. And he goes on to say that I had been told never to disturb him when he was clustered there and decided to wait for a while I went outside the compound. And then Maladoma goes on to say that his mullet fields formed a green carpet as far as he could see. In the middle of this carpet was the dark circle of the well that served as our water supply during the rainy season. Birds and chickens were very busy around it, and he could not see them because the mullet had hid them. But the crackling sound that came from the general era suggested that there was a lot of them. Far to the left, two majestic green barbark trees made him think of all the stories grandfather had told him about them. He said that the witches of all sizes illuminated their branches at night, burning the leaves with milky fire that did not consume them. He also told me how the very same witches possessed the secret of separating their souls from their bodies at night and of turning their souls into light expanding to infinity. Now, I just want to pause here. We just celebrated, and when I say we, I use that word we parenthetically, that Halloween was celebrated uh, 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 a couple of weeks ago, actually a week ago, the 31st. Uh, and many of us in the Western Hemisphere, we're just like robotic in our uh, actions with regard to celebrations. We have no idea of why we celebrate these holidays, especially something like Halloween. And, of course, there's the, the essence of death and, and not having the fear of that. And then, of course, there's an opposite side where people are uh, actually frightened and they want to frighten others and so forth. And they don't take this uh, essence of life and death very seriously, and then some take it too seriously. But the point I'm making is that they really have no understanding of, of, uh, of what they're doing. Uh, they, uh, they don't believe in the concept of reincarnation, that the soul never dies, and depending on what your religious orientation is. And I don't, uh, you know, uh, have any negative feelings towards any practice, as it were, you know, because we all have our levels of, 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 uh, of awareness and our inclinations, and, and that's something that's very personal. But I do say that perhaps if we were exposed to certain customs that were practiced in, in Africa for hundreds, if not thousands of years, we might have a more, a more healthier way of uh, realizing the celebrations that are evolved and some of them are uh, very diluted and sanitized or augmented so that they can be accepted on, on surface level. But this is very, spirit is real. This is very deep stuff. You know, this is very serious, uh, uh, if you will, endeavors. And one should not take it lightly because you can uh, not only offend other people but also offend spirit. So that's one of the things that I got from when I first read of Water and the Spirit, um, going back uh, some uh, 20 years ago, I guess. 
And it was a, a revelation to me that, yes, indeed, there was much I had to learn. And even today I realized the more I learned how much I don't know. And, and it just inspires me to want to learn more and more. And um, I, I can't ever forget the fact that I've had the pleasure of actually uh, sitting with uh, Brother Maladoma and to just, you know, just be quiet and let him share with me the wealth of knowledge that he has and, and that he was able to actually, he would tell me a lot of times, this is not coming from me. This is coming from the elders, but more importantly, it's coming from the ancestors uh, in terms of the, the knowledge that he has and that he shared. So if I can be as humble as he has showed me that he is, um, I would like to assume the position of being able to share with you, the listening audience, whatever it is that I could um, conjure up from these readings, such as of water and the spirit, and to dovetail my personal experience and hopefully um, uh, strike a chord, a spiritual chord that will allow you to come up with uh, revelations about your life journey and the experiences that you're having. So, um, Manadoma talks about his grandfather at the age of four and this experience of his father leaving his body and transitioning uh, from that from that carnation, incarnation that he was experiencing at the time of, of his uh, being a little boy. He goes on to state that, going back to the story, that he had, uh, while thinking about all of the things that I explained, shared earlier, um, that the witches possessed the secret of separating their souls from their bodies at night, and of turning their souls into light, expanding into infinity, that he had managed to get grandfather to promise that he would take him to see their fireworks from the roof of the house one night, but he never did. But while thinking all of this, he had unconsciously wandered over to the Baobab tree and now stood in their deep shade, standing beside their gigantic trunks, beneath their enormous branches, heavy with gray fruits and the prime of their growth. He had suddenly smelt, felt very small, and he walked around their great trunks, searching carefully to see if he could find some remnants of the organic, um, orgiastic rituals that the witches had indulged in the night before. He decided then to run back home for he knew that Grandfather would surely be up by this time, but he was disappointed to find that his door was still tightly closed, and he looked into the room and shared by himself and his mother and his siblings, and there was nobody there. And then he went over to his father's door and tried to open it, because at that time the father had a separate domain to sleep in and to live separate from the family. Then returning to his grandfather's door, he contemplated it for a while and took a deep breath and knocked hesitantly and called grandfather. And then he heard, come in. A faint voice replied, I can't come out. So Maladomo panting, he opened the door and walked up to the two little stairs, then down another two stairs, 
and stood at grandfather's room. He could see nothing. It was like entering a cave or walking into the night. The room was so dark that he was sure that one could sleep forever in it. But apart from a tiny hole in the ceiling that framed tiny fragment of the immense filament, uh, firmament outside, everything else, including grandfather, was buried in the darkness. Then he heard, come over here, brother, and, he, and be careful not to step on my medicine, grandfather said in a faint, tumultuous voice. Well, what have you been doing? And Maladoma goes on to say, he hesitated a little before speaking, and he said, where are you, grandfather? Right here in front of you. Can't you see me? And Maladoma states, we are sure that he crept towards the voice and sat down with his eyes touched the mud elevation that served as grandfather's bed. He was still stretched out upon it, millet stores serving as his mattress and burlap sack filled with sand as his pillow. He was dressed the same as he had always seen him in his ancient baobab. It took a while for his eyes to adjust the scene in the dark, and grandfather had ne never taken me into his room before, and I was anxious to inspect his secret dwelling. Grandfather's room was, in truth, a magic workplace so unfamiliar it did not even seem that I had, uh, was still in our family compound. Each wall held a row of containers of various sorts, and most were clay pots, but others were just battered old cans and bottles. Each one seemed to contain something. From the ceiling hung dozens of gourds, some almost all the same size, were lined up perfectly against each wall, and bigger gourds formed a circle around the center of the ceiling. Another circle of gourds formed a smaller ring around the tiny opening in the roof, and the arrangement of these clay pots, tin cans, and gourds seemed to fit together somehow in an intricate and interrelated pattern. They were the work of someone who knew perfectly well what he was up to, a rope coming through the opening in the ceiling was tied to each gourd, and all the gourds were tied together in a complex design that finally terminated in grandfather's bed. The artistry of this was amazing. Have you been into this room before? Grandfather asked, drawing my attention back to him. He had been watching me without saying anything all the while looking around. Maladoma surprised, he protests, but you never let me in. That's right. As long as my departure was not yet decreed, I could not allow you in here until you reached the age of initiation. In the dim light, I could see him looking at me with eyes full of tenderness. I could think of nothing to say. And then he continued, soon I will go. But before I go, I must tell you the message of your ancestors. Grandfather put on a grave face and gazed up at the ceiling as his eyes were fastened on the beyond. And then his father and grandfather says, Maradoma, you're not yet prepared to hear what I'm about to tell you, but perhaps it is better that you are not prepared. Don't stop me while I talk. I will not speak out of my own thoughts, nor is what I'm telling you just a story. 
It is a set of things about you that you must keep in mind as you grow up. The spirit behind the things you see in this room is using me to talk to you now. It has no mouth, but I have one, and we are friends. Do you understand? If you do not understand, do not worry. It does not matter right now, but later, when you're older, somebody will remind you of what I said today. And Mount Alma goes on to say, Grandfather was right. When I became older and was ready to hear, Gusho, one of the elders of his tribe, helped me to remember. So what I tell you now flows from the remembering brought about by Gusho, who understood the painful uniqueness of my destiny and hoped to help me to fulfill it rather than after I become an initiated man. Every word my grandfather said that day was said slowly. Very, every sentence was given an interminable time of utterance. Every sentence was followed by a long silence, grave and filled with meaning. It seemed as if grandfather had suddenly ceased to be human. He was disconnected from his voice, as if somebody else next to him was speaking through him. I could feel the presence of that spirit being below the sand pillow upon which rested grandfather's head. Malodoma, his grandfather says, the sweat of one person has significance only when it serves everybody. You have been designated to follow the white man so that you may serve the eye of the compound. The ear of your many brothers and the mouth of your tribe, remember my words, you came from the water, which is in our tradition is the symbol of peace and reconciliation. This water has a direction in our mythology, the north, the direction that you face each time you stand in the place where the sun rises on your right. This is the place where those who have something to say to the souls of others come from. Now you must go west to learn the wisdom of the people there and represent to them the truth we profess. You are going to be initiated into the white man's witchcraft. Your people ask you to do this, and I grieve for you. Many ambushes await you, but my spirit will stand by your side. And very soon you will leave your family. It is happening already, Maladoma. And very soon I will not be here with you anymore. In times of turmoil, however, Tengren, the god of the land, will be your shelter, shielding you from the storms of antagonism and blunt hatred. Your journey will never be a lonely one, however, but from it you'll never come back whole. The ways of the whites consume, and when you come back, what you have learned outside the tribe will look suspicious to all of us. You will be the only parody of Dagara. You will suffer great frustration, for you will call for a father who will not be here to, to console you. You will call for a mother who will want you to act as you used to before she will listen to you. And at this point, I, I would be remiss if I didn't and, and, and announce that my wife has this stepped into the studio? How are you doing, honey? I'm doing great. I, I love this work by Mal Maladoma 
soulmate. Yes, yes, indeed. Our good brother. Yes. Yes. What does it make you think of? Well, the I'm I'm just feeling, I guess because of all of the events of the past week or so, I'm very much feeling the pull of the ancestors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his work is very alive with teachings regarding yes. mm-hmm. the uh, ancestors. Uh, this book, which uh, is over 300 pages, this every page seems to have a lesson in it. Yes. Right? And it just resonates. And uh, I'm just so happy that I thought about um, sharing this book with the listening audience. And, of course, uh, one of the reasons I, I thought about it was because someone dear to us uh, made transition uh, a little over a week ago. And um, I think it's very appropriate. And so we will continue um, to uh, review this book, this dynamic, uh, intense, spiritually viewed book titled And all of you who have called in, I, I really thank you for calling in. And those of you who have visited us through the chat room, Again, uh, please return to us next Sunday when we continue reviewing uh, this fascinating book by Brother Maladome Patrice Somme. Uh, as always, I end each uh, uh, show as we begin by paying homage to the One Most High, giving praise to the Most High, paying homage to our ancestors, uh, to uh, my siblings, to my my mother-in-law, my lovely wife, and to all of you uh, who are friends and part of the family uh, through the social network of Facebook and other mediums, and of course those of you who are my friends uh, who've known me throughout the years, I send you love and mirth. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, shalom, hetepu, all my relations. Peace and love to all of you, and have a blessed and prosperous and healthy um, week uh, to come.